This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Wishes Breakaway is brought to you by my good friend Dean, who I met through this podcast, who got married to his lovely wife April, and I got to go to their wedding. Podcasts are a crazy thing. Uh... I cannot believe Dean actually did the website for us. He's done a lot of work with me and has uh, been an awesome friend since we've met. So congratulations to him in April. But I think it would be an awesome idea going forward. If you guys want us to like hound a company to try and get sponsored by any ridiculous company possible, let us know. And, you know, we'll try and figure something out because we don't have a sponsor yet. We probably should get one of those. All right, here we go. Hey, Bushwick Break fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, your lovely, lovely host, Ryan Mead, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. I'm not lovely? What the fuck? Well, you're a good guy. You're thick, according to some Stoke. of our content, <laughs> comments. So, nice, man. Only they knew. Only they knew. If only they did. Welcome to another week. We have, this week, the Mailbag Edition. I think this is our third or fourth Mailbag episode ever. We're only like 140 episodes in, so no big deal. I don't even... I, Honestly, this might be number two. No, I think we did two. Someone will tell us. I'm not gonna. Okay. I'm not gonna fight you. No. Uh, but first, before we get to all these questions we have, let's talk about the Ranger news. Okay. Now let's talk about Ovechkin's binge. <laughs> <laughs> dude is the dude is on a, a bender that uh, I cannot compete with. Now, honest question here. Yep. Honest did, answer. Did Ovechkin um, fuck the cup to completion? Because my answer is absolutely. I just don't see a universe where he did not. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I can't imagine. He's done everything else to the cup. Uh, he's in a land, like, you've seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and for anyone who hasn't, it's about a drug-induced adventure in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing in Washington, for Mr. Ovechkin, is absolutely insane. I'm sure he doesn't know where he is, but I'm sure he knows the only thing that matters is the cup in his hands. I'm sure he doesn't. I, I'm positive he doesn't give a shit either. But just my, I, there's been so many great moments. The moment in the fountain is phenomenal. That's an all-time I, hockey I, moment. The, the snap story where he literally looks like a man that just finished off round two <laughs> and popped in the cup and then holding the cup by his side is uh, – he's <laughs> – that, that cup's a lucky woman or man. I don't know. It's 2018. Good, so, good for you. Good for you. Good for you, Cup. How many beers? I, but, I think you have you have the right, if you win the Stanley Cup, to be as bisexual curious as you want. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, stop, stop, everywhere. Stop having a closed mind. You just won. Um, yes. If, if, it, if it has a hole in place. Exactly. <laughs> it's a big hole, but hey, Ovechkin, probably hey, a talented the, guy. The, the Cup's gotten around a little bit. Right, right. And then, you know, Ivanka showed up and they hung out. No, we don't talk politics. Anyway, um, but at the Nationals game, he was just whole, he was by himself in a section, like no one was that around him. I don't know if he bought all the tickets, but he was just holding the cup up and screaming like the whole game. Yeah, the, the best part is the picture that's been circulating of Ovechkin, like in the left field bleachers, doing that is during a pitch. Like he didn't give a shit if the game was going on or not. He just wanted to be seen holding the cup as much as possible. Unbelievable! What a the question is, what a has, is is any other capital going to get a turn with the cup? No. I hope not. No. I, I, really, 
really hope not. They, they're going to have to like if, cry if, if every other, Yeah, if every other capital wants to turn with the cup, they have to also spend the day with Ovi, and I think that's going to make everything great. Yeah, so I mean, there there was a party where all the capitals were partying without Ovi, and then like I don't even know where Ovi was, but he's mm-hmm. he's not giving it up. There's no did way. You see, did you see his Instagram story? You knew exactly where Ovi was. That's true. I actually have. There's a timeline. Some art. Uh, some website which I can't give credit to because I don't remember. Wrote a full timeline of every single thing Ovi's done since he won the cup, and we're posting this on the day that the parade is, so you can only imagine what's going to happen. Uh, do you think sh- lights on or lights off for Ovi in the cup? Oh, on. <laughs> he, he wants, <laughs> oh, definitely which, on. Which name do you think Ovi is deadlocking eyes with as he's giving it a good round? That is a great question, and it's definitely Sidney Crosby. It's one hundred percent Sidney Crosby. <laughs> There's no 100%. way. There's no other option. I'm glad we're on the he's, same page. He's like, flag it up! Yeah! <laughs> uh, that's Rangers news. Uh, yeah. Well, we ha- we do we, have two Ranger topics to talk about. Yeah, well, what's the first one? Uh, I feel like we've put the word out there enough, and it's it's probably the most top of mind. Let's talk Carp. Okay. This is weird. This is weird for us. I don't, I don't think it's weird. We had, a, we had a come to Jesus moment. We did. More importantly, more importantly, I think maybe Carp had a come to Jesus moment. Okay, but w- we should preface some things. Sure. Uh, I, I've gotten some texts that were like, hey, are you selling out? <laughs> I, I've, I've received the same. Uh, There's a lot of skepticism. Yes. Which, speak, reminder, I have to bring those questions up. I'm going to do that now. But, I, you know, those, those texts in particular, I was like, you know what? We're not really selling out. Did we try and talk to the athletic director and be like, hey – are you looking for a Rangers podcast? Absolutely, we did. One hundred percent. And you, why wouldn't we? Would we want to? Do you be know part? us? Yeah. Would you want to be? Would, do you want us to be part of the Athletic? Yeah, you do. Because we'd be pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, that would be pretty great. Uh, not sure. We not sure we get to do the Ovechkin se- se- uh, segment we just did, but nope. you never know. Not sure what we would do with the Athletic, but do we want to part with them? I can't deny it. I'm a I'm a effing rider, Greg. But yeah. sorry, that was terrible. Uh, but I I don't think we we're selling out. We went to the Athletic. Uh, New York City meetup for, slash forum, probably with the sole purpose of talking to Mr. Carpinello, who is the Ranger head writer, Ranger writer for uh, the Athletic. Who I on this podcast and other places we have flamed heavily, flamed, yeah, like ro- and, and roasted. Fair being fair, we looked Carp in the eye and said, "You need to know that we have spoken ill of you in the past." Well, let's let's explain how it happened. Sure, I, I think we could we can go through the motions. And if yeah. you don't care about this, I'm so sorry. Um, but here we are. We think we think we think it's important. We think it's important because, well, it, you know, it is the Ranger off season, but it is important to talk about other Ranger media if you hate them or you like them. <laughs> so for some reason, this is what we do. Yeah. So anyway, we went. We showed up at the uh, the athletic meetup. It was kind of a weird forum. Carp looked exactly like we thought he would, and uh, and we were just like, "Is that Carp?" We were, we kind of both were like, "Yeah, I think that's Carp," because we should probably know what he looks like, but we don't. We don't. We don't. So we don't. after the forum was over, and they they took like. I got there and they did like maybe ten minutes of hockey questions. What, what's you, up, athletic? You well, you also missed the first like twenty minutes of hockey questions. Okay, all right. So I missed like it was a total thirty minutes. I, I Carp guy asked like three questions, but uh, and they were there all were, like there were a lot of Islander fans there. Yeah, I noticed that there was a lot of softballs to Carp. So anyway, Carp was talking to some guy where we waited online to talk to Carp. There's no line. The line was this guy and then Ryan and Greg for like thirty minutes. 
Hey. Shout out to that guy, by the way, who turned out to be Jan Levine, who's actually a good follow on Twitter if you're looking for Ranger writers we, or no. just Ranger opinions. Were we talking shit about him? Yeah, we were. Um, so. We had no idea who it was, though. It we was just like just... this fucking guy wearing the wearing the original six hat. So we, it had we the original 16 logos. And I'm like, what? I, there, there came a time where I literally left you to walk around to see what the front of this hat looked like. Yeah, because I, I didn't understand it. Yeah, it was it was weird. Anyway, so we eventually wait for Carp. And then we go up to Carp, and the first thing Carp says, he goes, I saw you guys waiting. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I know who you are. We're like, yeah. So then we, we go up, we start talking to him, and I start chit-chatting, and I, I immediately, like, press him. and But but in, like, a kind way, like, hey, Carp, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. Shake his hand. Like, I just want to ask you some questions, because I have some problems with some of the writing you've done. Do you still, yeah. do you still think Elaine Vigneault was, was not fired uh, because of player development? And yeah. and he he did his big defense of that, and I, I called you over. And we kind of had a little chit chat with Carp for like a good ten minutes. This is uh this is this is the the part of the conversation where I point out that Ryan was asking Carp for very specific opinions about the Rangers, and the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, "Why are you such a dick on Twitter?" No, 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 no. This is what happened. Let's recap. He okay. lit- he literally at some point during this conversation, we were having specific questions happen. Uh, yep. He just looks at us and he goes, "Can I ask you guys a question? Do you hate me?" <laughs> uh, he he didn't but he didn't That's just say did. not it wasn't do you hate me it's it, it was more of like people hate me right no 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 it was like do you hate me and I, and my answer was yeah so probably yes and then and then uh i, was, could, I, I was like let me rephrase and then i was like this is the problem we have with you like honest you know man to man just rangers media to rangers media one of us is real and one of us isn't take that as you will and then uh, I was like, you know, when you do a mailbag and you just can't answer a question about something that you write for and you're just like, I don't know, in a mailbag, it's like really disheartening to me as as a Ranger fan. Like, I want to know these questions and you're just like, I don't know. And I know you get paid for it. So it bothers me. And I, I kept bringing up his Twitter interactions because it it comes off as condescending and offensive, even if – and he straight up told us, or at least he says – I, I, we could be naive and he could be playing us here, but I, I truly believe him when he says he just doesn't understand Twitter. So when he one word responds to someone or says something like, okay, coach, okay, which coach. I specifically brought up, yeah, we did. he, he thinks he's, he's like being funny with it, but it, it never comes off that way because it's the internet. And that's, you know, I, we take the time to write a pretty detailed question to him. And then he one words us in response. And he straight up said, he said, people ask me questions that I want to tell them the answer to. And there are for, for, for reasons I can't. And I just remember telling him, dude, just say that, just say, this will all be explained soon. I, I wish I could tell you right now, but for reasons I can't, if he says that I, it, half well, the shit that he gets is gone. But and I, 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 hold on, hold okay, on. Okay. Go ahead. There are, there are two card points I want to make, right? The first is, uh, he legitimately, in person, is the only way I can describe him. He's just from our parents' generation, and he's a guy that just wants to talk hockey. And what I mean by that is he understands there are aspects of the way the game is covered and the way advanced analytics are used in media that can better or more precisely explain certain things. It's just never going to be his thing. At the same time, this is still a guy that's incredibly knowledgeable about hockey. He's been around the game longer than you and I have been alive. He knows some things more than we will ever know. 
And at the end of the day, all he wants to do is talk hockey. The problem is we now live in a generation, you and I are growing up in a generation, younger writers are coming up in a generation where numbers can be used and presented in a way that help exemplify a point. And Carp straight up said that's never going to be his thing. And that's fine. I'm not saying everyone should go back and read his stuff and like it. I think it's healthy to disagree with articles that are written. I think it's it's healthy to bring up points you think aren't being properly addressed. I'm not saying everything Rick Carpinello is going to write you should admire and respect and only say nice things about. What I'm saying is the Twitter personality that is Rick Carpinello does not reflect the man. And I think, I, I mean, it, it's going to change how you and I interact with him because I feel like there was a come to Jesus moment between the three of us. Um, uh, but again, I told, I, and I know you said the same thing. I showed up told Carp. I was like, you don't have to have me agreeing with everything you say. I just think your approach online has to change. And that was the overwhelming majority of the conversation. And he got it. And the second point I'll bring up, and this goes back to your mailbag question. Um, we specifically brought up how Carp doesn't talk about prospects and how the things he says in articles are, I haven't scouted this guy. I'm not going to scout this guy. I'm not going to provide you opinion on this and, guy. And by the way, and I'm no, I'll be a hypocrite if I don't say this. I don't know prospects that well. I know, I know MLB prospects like the back of my hand. But when it comes right. to it comes to the NHL, especially with this draft, yeah, I've read Drew stuff. But when yeah. it comes when it comes down to it, I'll call Drew. I'm like Drew. I don't know anything. Please help me. And that's exactly the point that Carp made. And this is what gets lost in the approach with. What Carp is saying. What Carp told us is, I don't go deep into the prospects because there are just smarter people out there who do. And I said, you have to utilize that. He, you have, you work on a site with guys like Scott Wheeler, Corey Pronman, um, James Myrtle, these guys who have deep working knowledges and can provide information on these prospects. I'm not saying that I need Carp to give me a Cliff Notes version of what those guys say. But if 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 Carp in a mailbag gets asked a question about a prospect. All he has to do is link to Scott's work or Corey's work, and we'd be happy because that's what we do. When people ask us about prospects, we say, I wish I knew more. You know who does? Drew Way. And he wrote a thousand words on this guy. So I'm going to show you, you where a, to read Did you this. say a thousand words? <laughs> that was low. <laughs> I like that. That was another thing we told Carp. It's like, we don't, we're not expecting Carp to know everything. I think that's unfair. Um, but Carp works with guys who, are stars in that specific realm. So all he has to do is say, my opinion doesn't matter because I don't know these guys. I don't watch these guys on a daily basis. But you know whose opinion carries weight? These guys. And I I, I, I like to think we spent a lot of time with Carp. I would say as soon as the hockey forum ended, we were around Carp for another hour, another at least. Mm-hmm. I feel like wherever one of us was, Carp was at our side. You left before I did. I did. After you left, I was probably with Carp for another 40 minutes or so before I got carried away with Mark Carrig and Tim Britton just talking baseball for a very long time. Um, I, I I would like to think it, – it sure seemed like Carp understood where our gripes were coming from, and he was very candid about them. He was yeah, very he was honest so upfront about everything, You know, all, all the criticisms we had and other people had and how he was working – uh, you know, he only was at the job since February, and this will be his first real season covering the Rangers. He made some good points. 
He he did, and uh, he had nothing but great things to say about Shane. And, and I know what you're thinking, listening right now, guys. It's way more fun when you flame dudes. And I oh, it's, uh, and it's so much. It's and, so much easier. And I agree. It is so much and, easier. And guys, full tilt's still out there, so don't worry. <laughs> so, it's <laughs> they, gonna come. They they brought back tilted ice today too. Did they? Uh, don't listen to that. It's shit. Okay. It's fucking terrible. And we just gave so them- we're working on a project with other podcasts that we're gonna go into a lot of detail in the upcoming weeks. And uh, we we just gave them involve- a free promotion to Tilted Ice. There you go. Yeah, it will involve an, a live event this summer, and we we I promise you we will go into a lot of detail about it in the coming weeks. I'm not going to say anything more than that right now. I will tell you for fact that Forever Blue Shirts and Tilted Eyes <laughs> will not be fucking involved. Yeah, if all. you want us to flame people, we'll do it to Tilted Eyes all day. But yeah, like- we, we have plenty of targets. And again, this isn't – Carp is still going to get our criticism. We're, we're, if Carp writes something we disagree with, I'm not going to be afraid to say I disagree. The difference between today and last week is I, I might do it a little bit more respectfully – because I legitimately think Carp is a good guy. And I think second chances are hard to come by. He has burnt a lot of bridges on Twitter. I am, I am not here to absolve his Twitter behavior <laughs> because it was my number one complaint and the thing I talked about him with him the most. I'm saying if you got a beer with Rick Carpinello and you just talked hockey man to man, it's like talking hockey with an uncle. And there are things your uncle is going to say that you disagree with, that even gets you mad. But at the end of the day, he's happy he's talking hockey with you. And I I think that's a pretty important distinction that I would like some of our listeners who definitely have gripes against Carp. And you know what? They're probably for good reason. Because again, Carp came from the Steve Zippe school of Twitter behavior and that look, we could still flame Zippe too. He's retired. I, 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 don't give, I don't give a fuck. That flames never retire. Okay. Um, all I'm, all, and I, I think this is a good good note to end on regarding Carp. I well, just, I'm going to say it one more thing. So there you go. Yeah. For me, it's just I'm not asking you to agree with everything he says. I'm just here to tell you that Rick Carpinello, the human being, is a fun guy to talk hockey with, even if I disagree with him quite a bit. And my point is, uh, I do want to have, and we, we we didn't reveal anything yet, but I really want to bring like Rangers media together because you know who's against us, the Rangers. So uh, I, I kind of want to have us all like work together and and sort of be on the same page. It's okay to disagree, like Greg said, totally fine. Yeah, and that's the other crazy thing. Carp straight up told us he said, "You want to know how many times I've talked one on one with Elaine Vigneault since he's oh, been yeah. head coach of the New York Rangers?" Zero X. And he said zero times. Yep. The Rangers just don't make them available outside of press conferences. Yep. Uh, so that 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 that's again. If you if you think Rick was on a hill defending Elaine Vigneault, I just think it's Rick didn't get an opportunity to have a lengthy discussion with AV, so he never wanted to write about him. And I, th- I think it's that simple. And then it's again, it's one of those per- perceptions that we have. If a guy isn't flaming Elaine Vigneault like you and I are, and he's just saying things about the style that he coaches from the distance that he sees it, I don't know. It changes my perspective a little bit about what he's written about Elaine Vigneault. I still don't agree with it. Again, it's okay to disagree. Um, I will just go about disagreeing in a different fashion. Long story short, he's coming on the podcast. There you go. Uh, He's also, yes, he's also coming on the podcast. (laughs) He's going to come on. So we'll have a a longer conversation with Carpinella then. I I really hope that we can, you know, work together with other, other podcasts and other websites in the future. (laughs) Just not forever. 
just forever full of dope. Yeah. Fuck, fuck those guys. <laughs> that that is a bridge that I, will never I, be I built. I can't wait to someone clips this and send this to them. Uh, <laughs> their followers do not have the uh, working knowledge of interwebs to make that. That's happen. because they're robots, Greg. Anyway, um, <laughs> from Mother Russia. Someone, yeah, someone bought them. Anyway, uh, let's get into the mailbag. Or, or there was another Ranger point you wanted to make, right? I feel like we should talk about Drew's article today. Oh yeah, because so, you know a little, that's a little, that's a guy a, a that little we self promotion. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. There's an article on our website that Drew wrote that Drew basically <laughs> takes care of. It's it's crazy. We should be paying Drew, yeah, right? I mean, like he I'd should be to, on our payroll. I would love to. And instead, do he gives us like <laughs> oodles of money a month. I, Ten dollars, yes. But, oodles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> might be might be twenty. Is it? Fuck. It might be twenty. Are you serious? Yeah, you better get in that onesie, bro. Oh, shit. That he basically <laughs> bought for himself because. Shit. He... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we, this doesn't need a long introduction. It, he wrote phenomenal and in depth about it. Please go to the website. And read the article. Well, let's talk about he, the article title for sure. He, uh, he's talking specifically about contracts we can expect the Rangers to give out to the restricted free agents, right? Right. Um, and we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go as in depth as Drew. We're gonna save that for him. We're just gonna talk about how we feel of the contract models that he's presented. And Drew um, will be on the show after the after the draft, so he'll be able to talk about this article, many more articles and the draft. So Not just not just that, but Drew has a kid, so he's up at all hours of the night now. He's very active on Twitter. You can always get at him on Twitter at Drew's underscore way. And if you want to really pick his brain in a safe environment, become a Patreon and t- chat hey. with him in Discord. He's in Discord more than we are. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, I got to fix my phone. That's another story. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it, but, uh, Drew, especially like on Twitter, like he'll respond with like seven paragraphs, like whatever you ask. It's, he, he, he's a fucking, comes at your heart. It's a fucking monster. All right, let's go. He has this, uh, the summary section of this. So you want to go from the bottom top? Uh, well, let's, let's start off with saying we're not talking about Rob O'Gara and Ryan Sproul. Yeah. Not, we're not doing it. We don't think they're going to be Rangers next year. It's a waste of our time. Jonathan Gilmore will be the first one we talk about. He's, it, uh, Drew has him as one or two years at uh, 700K to 850K. I think that and we should we should just do this with a do we like it or hate it and then a quick reason why that's right pretty much exactly what we're doing yes yep uh, um, I'll go first I like absolutely. it do you know why tell me we have no defensemen and I liked what John Gilmore showed me even though the team like you know didn't give up but was playing at a, a obviously lower level the second half of last year but John Gilmore was a suitable uh, suitable player for us and I would like to see what if he had more of the tank. I'm not sure if he's a sixth or fifth defenseman, but I want to see what he has on his wheels. That's it. Yeah, I am. Uh, I agree. I, I like John Gilmore on a one or two year deal. And the the broader thing, we'll get into this when we talk about some of the other guys. Um, but Gilmore is what I think the Rangers hoped Steve Kampfer was going to be when they signed him to an extension. Gilmore is probably on a competent defensive team, the sixth or seventh guy in your lineup. He might he probably be the, doesn't play. He might be the eighth. He could be. He's a perfectly good piece to stash in your AHL affiliate because he's going to play well in the AHL and not give up anything when he comes up to the NHL. Um, he's he's a perfect depth piece to have, and every solid organization needs to have someone like John Gilmore, who even if he plays forty games, sixty games, or twenty games, is effective in those games, and that's something Steve Kampfer is not. And John Gilmore is. So I am all for keeping John Gilmore in the organization. Uh, it, keep rolling over these one or two year contracts until it gets to a point where 
he starts wanting north of two million, and then you find the next John Gilmore, and you just keep repeating the cycle. That's it. All right. Next is Jimmy VC. This is an interesting one. Grew has a two years, one point five million to one point seven million. I have this like weird love hate relationship with Jimmy VC right now. I'm not sure he's good. I really, I'm really not. I think he might be a fourth line guy, and uh, well, that is the salary of a fourth line player. Yes, maybe a little bit more slash less, but. Uh, I just, I just, I'm ready to trade Jamie VC and let him go to greener pastures. Yes, he lost his teeth for us. I really appreciate that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm out on on VC. I think. I know we have a mailbag question regarding Jimmy VC, so I'm, I'm hoping that I'm answering it a little bit in this response as well. First of all, Jimmy VC is the kind of guy where you don't even worry about the notion of bridge deals because, like you. I think it's much more likely that Jimmy VC is just a bottom six player. I think that's just what he is. He's another guy that in a pinch, if you're playing him on your third line, it's not the end of the world, but ideally I don't even think you want to give him that many minutes. I just, it was one of those signings where he was a touted NCAA player coming out of college, but he entered the league a little older than you would like. And I I don't think the consistency in the game is ever going to be there. So we'll go in depth a little bit more later because I got into a big Twitter argument today about bridge deals and it really pissed me off. Um, Jimmy VC, if the Rangers resign him for two years, fine, because that contract is always movable. But I'm with you. I, I, I think Jimmy VC's 2018-19 season will be spent outside of New York. I don't know where. I just, I, I've had this feeling that he's going to be traded in some bigger package, not either Nashville. on draft day or shortly thereafter. Same, but not Nashville. That's the one where, that's where he no. won't go. He um, just smell he just smells of Edmonton. I don't know what it is. Something about Jimmy VC just smells of Edmonton to me. A sniff of Edmonton. Next is Ryan Spooner one year at around three million. Uh let me go first on this one. Okay. I really like this this idea of signing Ryan Spooner to a contract. And I again I'm I'm tapping into our mailbag questions because I know someone on Reddit asked us who we'd rather have, Ryan Spooner or Vladdy Nemesnikov. And it's a complicated answer, and we're gonna get into that because Naturally, Nemestikov is the next guy we talk about. Spooner, to me, he's one year away from restricted free agency, uh, not restricted free agency, unrestricted free agency. And those kind of guys aren't exactly looking for term because they want to put in that contract year, that year where they inflate their value and get handsomely paid the next year. So I'd, I'd honestly be surprised if Ryan Spooner right now was looking for a long-term deal, especially coming off a trade. So I think Ryan Spooner on one year – in the three million range, like Drew has here, is pretty perfect for this team. He can play a wing. He can slide in the center if you really want him to play there, or if the Rangers make more moves with other guys and it frees up space. I, he, his versatility and his offensive upside is perfect for a team that is rebuilding but not bottoming out. He's going to keep this team interesting offensively on a nightly basis. He'll never be the star of the team. But he's a solid 45-point player. And teams that aren't necessarily competing for a cup but are also wanting to groom young talent and provide them opportunities to succeed, you need a guy like Ryan Spooner on your roster. So I I really like Spooner on a one-year deal. Let him play up his value. Best-case scenario, he gets off to a rip-roaring start, and you flip him in February for assets like you did Michael Grabner. 
I like how be... you went first and took literally all my points. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so yeah. he's Spooner's the guy you keep now and trade in February. That's he's exactly what I was going to say. He's the guy that can overperform, play for you, look like a, a nice tasty treat place, get a snack, and trade him out. That's yeah. it. You get yourself another second round pick in next year's draft, and you just keep trying to build through the draft. It, it, I, I really like. I, I've gotten to the conclusion now that Spruner is the guy between him and Domestikov. I really want the Rangers to keep. Me too. And let's get to Domestikov right now. Drazimut, two years, three point seven to four million dollars. Uh, you know, Domestikov in general, I, another player I'm not sure is on this team. I'm really not. I think we're end up we're going to end up shipping a lot of players to the draft. You know, we will see. But Domestikov. He, he has value. Yes, he, like, kind of bottomed out when he got to the Rangers. No denying that whatsoever. He really can. A.V. did bury him, though. It certainly helped. Yeah. But, and, uh, funny, funny you bring that up. Carp agreed with us when we told him that in person. He did. Uh, and we, we mentioned the fact that Vladimir Mestikov kind of started playing his own style of hockey. And once he started playing the Rangers system, he couldn't hang. He just couldn't. He cratered. He cratered. Uh, so from there, I, I think Nemestikov probably gets traded at the draft. I, I I think he doesn't end up on this team. He could be you could get a second round pick for him. I I don't know if that's unrealistic for Nemestikov, but uh, two years I I I don't see if he's part of this team in the future. I really don't. These next two players we're going to talk about are core players of the Rangers in the next five six years. Yeah, uh, Nemestikov I I see as uh, we saw as value to trade. I see him. Yeah. We, we we're trying to be value town USA. Because we have a lot of the, the things rebuilding teams need, money and players that people want. And Nemestikov will be one of them. Yeah, I, I don't think the Rangers will trade Nemestikov straight up for a draft pick. I think he gets paired with either the 26th or 28th to either move up into the teens in the draft or be part of a bigger package that brings in a defenseman, um, for example. That's where I really see Nemestikov's true value with the Rangers. At the same time, I wouldn't like Nemesnikov on a two-year deal. This is a situation where this is a guy I wouldn't want to bridge. He be, Bridge deals are tricky because either – here's my problem with bridge deals, no, right? No, tell me. You're, you're basically betting on the player to fail because you, you're saying right now that you don't want to give him term and possibly a little bit more money to buy out some of his free agent years because you're worried that he's not going to live up to your expectations. And if – if that's a fear you have about a player, instead of signing him to a bridge deal, just trade him. It doesn't make any sense to ever give out a bridge deal to a player either on the fringes of being a building block or being a core building block. If you have worries about a player not developing how you expect them to, trade them. Or else you come into a situation like the Rangers found themselves in this year with Kevin Hayes and JT Miller. The Rangers didn't have to put themselves in a position where they felt the need to only pay one of them. They could have extended Miller more than he originally got paid on his bridge deal. And what, then you, what do you don't think, what do you think his, his, right his extension would have been to like three million? It probably would have been in the three and a half range, I think, given what uh he was at the time, a very young, intriguing prospect who hadn't put it together. It's hard to base those stats. I understand why yet. the Rangers wouldn't do that. But at the same time, you're, you're, we're talking about JT Miller being a Ranger, not just for this year, but at least another year after that at $3.5 million. Or the Rangers having to take a hard look at themselves and be like, shit, do I want to pay JT Miller $5.5 million this offseason? I don't know if you do. <laughs> no, it's a hard question. I'm really not sure. Didn't have to, it's a question you don't have to ask if you don't bridge a guy. Right. If you're legitimately terrified of extending a guy beyond four years that you're willing to do a bridge deal for him, at the risk of having to then pay him 
handsomely the next time he hits free agency, get rid of him now. Trade him now because a team will take that risk. They will want a young player who is ready to sign his first extensive contract and take the risk that he doesn't exactly pan out the way you want. I just, I don't understand why you would ever want to bridge someone in your head. You're, you're asking, you're telling yourself, I don't think this player is going to make it. And if you don't think the player is going to make it, trade him. I, I don't know why you ever bridge a guy. It, it makes no sense to me. I'm honestly not sure. And let's talk about those two players now. We can go to both. We have Brady Shea and Kevin Hayes. Uh, yep. Drew Way has him at Brady Shea six years, 4.5 to 4.8 million. And Hayes at the upper end of that at 4.8 to 5.3 million. Uh, four or five years. The Brady Shea long-term contract is a no-brainer for me. It's no like an absolute no-brainer. And I saw, I got the chance, I was very busy today, but I got the chance to look, look at some of your Twitter conversations about this Brady Shea sort of argument of why we should bridge him. And I just don't get it. The upside is, is so high. And I know Brady Shea was sort of lackluster. Is that the way you want to phrase it, phrase it for this year? Lackluster? He struggled. He struggled. But I've watched, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of sports in my life and I, I do the eye test. I'm no certain expert. But the sophomore year for a lot of players is really tough. You know, the sophomore year for Kevin Hayes was really tough. Right now, I'm going to do another sport. Like Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers is really having a tough year. There, there's been he's, he's had a, he's had a good week. He's had a real good week. But that's you know he there Michael Conforto. Never mind. Um, so, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, fuck, no. fuck the minutes. I'm not talking about it. But to go to go to my bridge point, um, the if four and a half million dollars, you're paying a guy to be a second pairing defenseman. And if you don't have the confidence that Brady Shea is capable of being a second pairing defenseman at a four and a half million dollar clip, you got again trade. You if, if, you, if your argument is you haven't seen enough for Brady Shea to give him a long-term extension, trade him to someone that has. Because I guarantee you there's someone in this league that not only would want Brady Shea for the next six years, but would pay handsomely in trade to get him. I, I, I just I don't understand why you would want to bridge someone for two years. And then at the end of that two years, the Rangers are now in a position where Shea wants $7 million if he's been good. And if he's been bad, it, I, I just you're betting on a player to fail. That's what a bridge deal is. It's a bet on a player to struggle. And I don't want to make that bet. I either want to get rid of the asset and turn it into something else, or I'd rather take the term and less money, especially in an era where the salary cap is going up and up and up. And the Rangers already have over $24 million open. Yeah. $24 million open. And you're going to worry about them giving four and a half, barely a four million dollar upgrade to Brady Shea? Are you nuts? What are you doing? This is the easiest contract of the offseason. Uh, this is the easiest decision. Like the second easiest decision is giving Kevin Hayes four years. Like that's the second easiest decision. I but you can make arguments that Kevin Hayes should be included in trade conversations. Oh, and they're you good can arguments. definitely make arguments for that, but you cannot make those arguments for Brady Shea because Brady none, Shea is because the exact player you want for a rebuild. What's There's this Rangers' no biggest deficiency? This uh, team's biggest deficiency defense. is young defensive talent. The literal defense. Yeah. You want to know why Brady Shea struggled last year? Because he wasn't ready to be the guy. And the Rangers forced him to be the guy. Because Ryan McDonough was hurt, and the rest of the defensive core was either hurt or ass. So Brady Shea had to be the number one. And 23, 24-year-old Brady Shea wasn't ready to be the number one. That's not a failure to me. That's just admitting that a 24-year-old is not ready to carry the mantle. They're not all Victor Hedman, guys. We can't all be perfect. Brady Shea struggled last year because the Rangers demanded him to be something he wasn't ready to be. And that is not on Brady Shea. That is mostly on the coaching staff and the front office for setting him up in a position to fail. Absolutely. I just couldn't agree extend, more. Extend the fucking man. This is the easiest call the Rangers have all offseason. Because if you were to create a player in a lab, right, and you were like, oh, 
What's a good player to have a rebuild around that's not a superstar? The answer is Brady Shea. It's a it, high it, upside it, defenseman. You control for a long time. Four and a half million dollars is not what you pay your number one defenseman. I'm not saying the Rangers will be successful if well, Brady Shea is number one defenseman. We're not saying Brady Shea is going to be a number one defenseman. We're not all saying he that has to be is a second pairing guy, a second pairing guy who gets some power play time. That's it. I'm, that's I'm, it. At four and a half million dollars. That's all he has to be. And four I, and a half million dollars is less. In, in Brady it's Shea. less than I think it's less than what they're paying fucking Brandon Smith this year. It's the same, but yes. Fine. Whatever. I expect him to be better than Brandon Smith. Well, That's not, the bar I'm setting for Brady uh, Yeah, Shea. me too. Not that hard to pass. No. I, and, and we'll get to this in the future, but I kind of I kind of feel good about Brandon Smith this year. I'm not sure why. You had a kid. You never know. Hey. Uh, married man meta. Let's talk about the Kevin Hayes one, which is the four or five sure. years for 4.8, 5.3 million. Kevin Hayes really evolved his game this year. That's a player mm-hmm. you, you truly fell in love with. Uh, I did. Became a nice two-way player. Is not not a franchise player, but can can man the second line center like easily, like I, I no think problem whatsoever. Hayes, Hayes is another guy where um, to steal a line from Joe Fortunato for flaming or fluffing other podcasts. I Whoa, should say, wow, that's um, a big difference there. There's a difference between the kind of players you build around and you build with, and I think Brady Shea and Kevin Hayes fall into the the category of players you build with. You're not setting up your franchise for the next five years expecting Kevin Hayes to be the guy you're expecting Kevin Hayes to be a productive guy and be part of your next long-term winning solution. And Kevin Hayes in my mind still has another level because we haven't fully seen him on the power play yet. And I, I, I think that is just a gold mine waiting to be discovered. I, I think Quinn, if he does his research, uh, we'll, we'll see the talent he has yeah. in Kevin Hayes. I have a, I have a lot of faith and Hayes buys Anderson and Heedle time where Anderson and Heedle don't have to immediately be thrust into these high-leverage roles. Right. And you're talking about the build-around players? Those are the build-around players. Those two kids. Exactly. So Hayes at this contract is perfect for what he is, which is top six forward. He can play a wing if you really want him to. He's going to handle his own defensively. You're going to feel good about him on your penalty kill, and you're going to feel good about him on your power play. He checks a lot of boxes. He's this is going to come off as a little bit insulting, but he's a poor man's Derek Stepan. As in, I'm not expecting him to necessarily be like a 55 to 60 point player, but I'm expecting him to hang around that 50 point mark and be a factor on the power play. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think yeah. it's what you'll get about Hayes, and that's totally yep. fine. That's a fine contract. At the same time, if the Rangers decide Kevin Hayes as an asset is best used in a trade to get a more impactful player. Say the say the Oilers want Kevin Hayes 26 and Nemesnikov for Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, yeah, let's I'm go. In. Roll I'm the <laughs> let's roll the dice, baby. Right. I'm ready to Hayes, roll. So we'll if you want to sign Hayes to that deal and you don't give him a no trade clause, you can trade that contract at any time. Oh, that's 100%. that's another reason to sign it. Always think in mind, is this a contract that I can later trade? Any team would take Kevin Hayes at five million dollars. Hundred percent. I think that's all we have to talk about with Drew's article. Check it out on the on the website. Switcher Breakaway is the top article right now. It's it's fantastic. It's a it's a very fun read. It'll and it's fun to see the models of um, some of the smartest guys out there. Matt Cain and Evolving Wild. Spoiler alert: might be on a podcast in the very near future. Yeah, next. Week. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's fun seeing those models. It's fun seeing Drew's breakdown of it. It's so re- it's I look. Drew's a friend of ours. 
we're we're gonna fluff him no matter what. Yeah, my fluffing Drew. Yeah, I am. Okay, but uh, oh, come at me. This this is this is this was an extremely well done piece, and I'm I'm very proud that it's on our website. Me too. Love Drew. Uh, all right, mailbag time. Mailbag time, all right, buddy. Before the mailbag, a word from our sponsors. All right, that was our no sponsors. All right, now let's go to the mailbag. So we have. Uh, I'm gonna do. do a, I'm do gonna you wanna do. Do you want to do five star? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do one five star question. There's two actually, real quick. Okay. It is uh, good job by you guys. You are knowledgeable at this. Five stars from Enric Unquist again. It says, by the way, Greg is thick. Nice job. Oh, I started a workout regimen today too. So if you thought I was thick before, just wait. Baby. Just wait for those big, big Gregory muscles. Mm. Uh, next, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be looking like Marty Saint Louis. What year? Oh man, God, the Marty Saint Louis legs pictures yeah. are actually yeah. insane. I'm only doing legs. Only doing legs, baby. I don't skip leg day because it's every day of my life. All right. Ne- next up is the question. Is the best of the best from D. Herman, 718, says, You guys are absolutely a blast to listen to. Thank you so much. I absolutely love listening to your form takes on all things Rangers and life-related. Hmm. I think he's talking mm. about our, you know, extravagant families and such. Mm. Uh, mm. My question, what's your favorite and least favorite Ranger jersey in history? If that question has already been asked, what sort of design would you like to see Adidas cook up for the eventual NYR third jersey? Hmm. Uh, I'm still a huge fan of Lady Liberty. And I'm, I'm, a bum- I, I'm a huge Lady Liberty guy. Yeah, I'm bummed that it's not in the rotation. You want to know which Ranger jersey I'm not in love with? Tell me. The Whites. I don't love them. Yeah, you know what? I wasn't going to go there because I felt like, like it's sacrilege, but I don't really like them either. Don't, don't really care for them. They're, they're, if, if in a word, they're boring. Right, they seem too plain, bland, stagnant. Yeah, they're, they're meh. And, it's like, and you, you know what you this, know, this podcast is not called? White shirts break away? Okay? <laughs> it's not. We'd, we'd get a whole different audience. Yeah, that's a, a different thing. No politics. Yeah. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm not about the whites. I don't like them. I never have a good feeling when the <laughs> Someone, Rangers are in the whites. Someone is cutting that. All right. <laughs> Someone is definitely cutting that. All right. You see the headline now. Yeah. Jewish podcaster Jewish podcast says not fan of whites. Rangers Jewish podcaster says not fan of whites. Revolts. <laughs> oh my god will, come at me will he, know where I am. will he be in north carolina all right um oh, god damn we're the worst <laughs> all right let's do some of the mailbag stuff uh let's this is this is from sean fox he says if you had to recast the office with only rangers players coaches who would be uh what in that role can still include av i have a really really bad thing to admit go i've never you really watched the office oh, all right here here it comes greg Greg to carry the load. Uh, so, so I, I know that AV would be Michael. I don't know. I don't. Well, yes, he is incompetent. Yep. So yeah. Yep. And yeah, that's Michael. And people people tolerate him for reasons I don't know. Unknown. Uh, I think um, Mark Stahl would be BJ Novak, who is just a suck up that serves no purpose and makes money for reasons we can't figure out. Um. I'm trying to think of who Jim would be. Yeah, Jim it, is the tough one. And it, I, I it would, think it has, it has to be, be Lundquist. Hank, right? Yeah, it has yeah. to be Lundquist. I think it has to be Hank because it's the most lovable. It's the guy you root for the most on the show. You yeah. want the most things to go right for Jim. And I think Hank is the guy you want the most things to go right for, which means Dwight is probably... Mm. Chris Kreider? No. No. I don't know who Dwight would be. I know Kevin Kevin Hayes is Craig Robin, uh, Robinson for sure. Okay, okay. Uh, I can see that. Again, I, I'm terrible with character names on TV shows. So we just say they're so actual I'm, actor names. Yeah, uh, Mika Zibanejad is Pam, I think. Okay, because the because uh, the relation there. 
Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I think this has been enough office talk. I'm just well, I want to figure out who Dwight is. I feel like we can't move off this until we figure out who Dwight is. So it has to be someone who begrudgingly respects Lundquist, but is always at AV's side. It would have been Dan Girardi. It would have been Dan Girardi. It would have been Dan Girardi, but it's not anymore. No. It's not Mark Stahl, because I really don't know if Mark Stahl ever had, like, feelings. No, I, he's always been sort of robotic. Um, he's probably Kreider. Probably, you know why it's probably Kreider? Because Kreider definitely thinks he's the shit yep. and is the number one ranger. Yep, absolutely. And, he and in my heart, he is. Yeah, he definitely has the chip on his shoulder like, Henrik ain't shit. Henrik is just Henrik. People like him because he's Henrik. And that's Dwight's whole thing with Jim. People like Jim because he's Jim. So Dwight, Dwight is Kreider. Agree. The next question is from two different people. It's from David. Uh, he says, who's the best performance of the team? And Jedi Master Chief, who has been listening to the podcast for way too long. Uh, uh, better bromance, Hags, Zook, Bress, or VC, Shay, Hayes? I'm going to say the – so for the, the second one first, it was Hags, Zook, and Brass because they're just better. Yeah, they're right? just better. Like, I, I again, they have way more personality and cuteness level. Like, the, the – let me just say, if I had a choice between reading a fan fiction of Hags, Zook, and Brass or VC, Shay, and Hayes, I'm definitely reading the Hags, Zook, Brass fan fiction first. Yeah. Hags, Hagzook Brass is like, I love you, man. And um, VC, Hayes, and Shay is like the Big Lebowski, but only 50% of it. Yeah, that's a fair comp. Yeah. And the thing is with, like, I don't like, I know they all live together and they all go out. They're like all best friends. But there's no like, ooh, I'm like fanning, I'm fangirling over their love. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I, will, I will say to answer the first question, who's got it's, the biggest romance on the team right now? It's a bit of Jad and Anderson. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think I think it's budding, and I think the the World Championships this this summer definitely helped. One hundred percent, no chance about it. Nope. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, this is from Duke or at, at Rook Inc. Uh, hey, a question from France, my friend at P. Oh my God, PG or Orek? Gusto or Gusto, I believe. <laughs> Shit, I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> Gusto, what do you think about Antoine Roussel? From the stars. He's a free agent on July 1st. I think he could be a good enforcer to defend the kids. Um, Here's how I feel about enforcers. I'm out. He's oh, okay. He's not the same kind of Tanner Glass-esque enforcer. Like, he does have an offensive game that does play in the NHL. My thing is, and I know um, new guy Phil over at Blue Shirts Banter also wrote about this. Because I think he's a pro-Antoine um, guy. I, I just don't see the need for it. I, I don't think that's the kind of player you need to add to this team um, especially if the plan is not necessarily to compete for a cup next year. Like he's the kind of complimentary piece that makes perfect sense for a team like Nashville or San Jose, someone that thinks they're going on a deep run and they want uh, a Devante Smith Pelly. And that's kind of what Roussel is. So that player to me doesn't make a ton of sense on the Rangers. Now it, especially for what it'll cost to sign them even though it's probably only like in the two and a half to three range, I'd rather use that two and a half to three to eat a contract for a veteran and get an asset back as well. I'm totally with you. Next question uh, we have from Rex. Buffalo offers the first overall for all three first we have. Yes or no? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right but, now. But what else Buffalo do they want? Buffalo also never offers that trade. Yeah, what else do they want? Because <laughs> they can have it. whatever <laughs> yeah. they want. It, Buff, but there's, I don't think there's a trade that exists that doesn't involve McDavid that Buffalo accepts for the number one pick this year. Yeah, there's not. Maybe like one other player. Maybe. 
Actually, I can't even think of who that would be. Matthews? You would do it for I, Matthews, right? I, it's an interesting question because you have to pay Matthews. Like, McDavid's paid, so you know what you're getting. Matthews, you have to negotiate a contract with him, and there's no guarantee that he signs in Buffalo. Fair. Next question. Elfie, do you think the goal song is cursed? We've talked about this before, me and her. Uh, I'm not sure it is. I don't think it is. I, I never thought the goal song was cursed. I, I just never. I, I like the goal song. I think it's one of the best parts of the Ranger culture. I have no problem with it. It, it, never, it Cubs, never felt cursed. Now that the Cubs have won a World Series, I don't believe in sports curses. Yeah, the Cavs won. Philadelphia won. Guys, the Capitals, the Capitals won. Yeah, I, I, I truly don't believe in sports. It's 2018. With their there are plenty other problems in this world for me to believe in curses. Cleveland's going to accidentally win the World Series this year? Like, you think so? That's no, a hot take. I don't, actually, but that would no. be the way it goes. The Yankees going to win. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, no. Yankees <laughs> losing the wildcard game, baby. Big, big Yankee fan. Big Yankee fan. All right. Uh, Avery Rules asks a mailbag question. What are your top three BSB episodes? Uh, I don't listen to Bullshit Panther, but I'm thinking talking about Bullshit Breakaway. Uh, it's MomCast, The Question, and it is the hamstring episode hamstring. with Greg. Yep. Where, where Greg calls in and is literally crying uh, after Game 5 of the Ottawa series. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> – I just I just remember turning, and I was midpoint. I go, fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. That, that, that was a fun one. It was, it was the best. All right. Uh, this I'm is, doing that again, by the way. This is from Jorge, 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 Jorge. Why are you so opposed to trading up in the draft for Dobson or Zadina? Who might be available at four or five? You know why this question is bullshit, Greg? Why? Because not only do we talk to Jorge all the time, yep. uh, but he's one of the draft experts. <laughs> <laughs> he's putting out a piece on our website. Um, why I want to do it, though, I just – I love Zadina. I'm not convinced the difference between Zadina and Oliver Wallstrom is worth the – price it will pay to go from nine to five and we've discussed that at length where like the moving up is just going to cost way too much i mean right. if the price was right i could see us do it but uh you know drew carries not hosting this one no and also you need to give up that many assets the draft presents too many variables where the the pick doesn't work out for me to ever be truly comfortable with the amount i would have to pay i'm to get rebuilding i'm not looking for the final piece no, and I, the, again, the difference between Zadina is better than both Wallstrom and Boquist. No question. But I'm very comfortable getting one of Wallstrom and Boquist at nine. Oh, absolutely. Ray says you're all time starting six for the Rangers. So let's start this. You ready? So Lundqvist in goal. Yep. Okay. Leach and McDonough yep. at defense. Uh, I agree. Messier at center. I agree. Yager. I agree. You want to just put Kreider in there? Because I know you do. No, I don't. I'm thinking. I'm not going to lie. I always had a warm respect for Marion Gabrick. Because <sighs> Gabrick, Gabrick was the... Though, man. Gab, well, he was a Ranger first. You got to remember. I know. Um, when my Ranger fandom went to a next level, it was because of guys like Marion Gabrick. So I, I, know, I, I, know we should, I know we stuff. should say Adam Graves... Like, that's probably the correct... The answer is probably correct. Adam Graves. But for me, in terms of... Or one of the 70s Rangers that we don't we know nothing about. Yeah, like um, Rod Gilbert. Yeah, I'm Rod sure Gilbert is, is probably the answer, but... Yeah, like, I, I'm sure that's there. I just think, uh, in terms of, you get this guy in his prime when he was on the Rangers, who was one of the more electric players you ever got to watch, 
And for me, it's it's Gabrick, and I don't think it's very close. I think I'm going to go Graves just to be that boring guy. Yep, you're boring. Yep. You're boring. Nonsense question from Ray. Oh, I like this. Let's 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 mix it up a little. Top three sports movies. Mm, white man can't jump. Okay, I'm with you on that. Number two, Air, um, Air, Air Bud. Mm, I would go Space Jam. <laughs> oh, yeah, Space Jam's Space Jam's such an interesting rewatch because <laughs> the rewatch of Space Jam requires some drugs. And uh, it, it's it's a little harder to watch than you might think it was because you remember it as so good, and then you're like, mm, "This was okay." Uh, I'm I'm sorry. the The line of um, when Bill Murray's like, "White guys aren't good at basketball," and Michael goes, "Larry Larry's white." Uh, Bill Murray just goes, "Larry's not white. Larry's clear." <laughs> that that yeah, is still some, my favorite. There are some funny funny word, uh, lines in that. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Lady Rabbit is woof, woof. Okay. That was like my okay. first crush. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this for your talk. <laughs> uh, number number three. Number three. You want me to say Field of Dreams, but, but I take Major League. I'm a, I'm a Major League guy. Yeah, I would go with Major League as well. I would also accept Bull Durham. Yeah, me too. But I Major League is like what a great movie. You know Major what? League, also, uh, and and, and real real answer from not Airbud because I think Airbud. I did cry during Airbud when I was a kid. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. The answer is Remember the Titans. Ooh, that's a good one too. That's a good one, man. Miracle's a good rewatch as well. You know, I never saw Miracle. I probably should. It's on Netflix. Oh, easy enough. Yeah. Um, and Netflix is coming to the Switch rumor wise, so that'll be easier for me. Yeah, um, but it's it's Major League. You're what, absolutely right. One last thing, I uh, really embarrassing child story. I well, was I was listening. Well, this I was listening to uh, the Space Jam soundtrack for the first time on cassette on my cassette player. Don't ask me why. In my closet before I came out when I was nine years old, and like there's a segment on the fourth song where it goes to like. Uh, the aliens are coming, and I legitimately thought aliens were taking over my my headset, and I got terrified and like ran downstairs screaming. You started so, smoking weed a lot sooner than I did. I wasn't until very later. Um, well, sure. next is from MDL. For this, you uh, for this you have to assume VC is still on the roster when the season starts. How do you think Quinn will deploy him, and do you think he could be salvaged and be a productive winger going forward? So you heard our thoughts about this if you listened to the start of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Quinn would just put him exactly where he was on on, on the third line or the fourth line, and he'll yeah. get he'll give him his chance to succeed. If VC's playing hot, I could see him pushing up to the second, but that's it. That's really it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we need to talk about salvaging Jimmy VC. I think he is what he is. I, I just think this is what he is as a player. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Shannon says for the mailbag. Realistically, what can we expect for the Rangers next year? This is when you and me differ, by the way. What can we expect from the Rangers next year? Because I don't want to get my hopes up. I think we're going to have a bounce back and be a contender. But I don't think we'll be as bad as we were this year. I need realistic expectations. Thanks, Shannon. Uh, I've, I've said this multiple times, and I'll, I'll just say it again. No matter what happens, the Rangers will play a more exciting brand of hockey just because oh, the roster will be you're younger. You're not fighting me on that because I, I there's no way it's not more exciting. This year was right. a snorefest. Absolutely. Right. No doubt right. about it. Not, not trying to fight you. Just the guy to present an opinion. Um They'll be they'll be more they'll be fun. I I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I also don't think the goal is to necessarily make the playoffs, but they might make them by accident. I I, I don't think it would be insane to see this team as a wild card team. I don't think that's the goal, but I, I think especially with Henrik Lundqvist in net, I think it's totally possible. Well, Hank could do anything. If, if Hank, but Hank played really well this year. You know, we we kind of forget, even though he did have we those. Were, we we weren't exactly eliminated at the trade de- trade deadline. No, we were not. We weren't exactly in it, but Sorry we for also my loud exactly. typing. I got a new mechanical keyboard. But I'm looking for a question. There it is. 
Um, this, this is you a question. You don't just have the thread, thread open? There, I do, bro. I do, but I was searching for a word that I knew. This is a good follow-up question for the one we have. Uh, this is from STT, S-D-T-O-S-L-C. So uh, San Diego to uh, Salt Lake City. Um, when are we going to come to the terms with the fact that Kobe isn't going to be a Ranger next year? Uh, never, because he's already a Ranger. So I'm starting to get off this train. I might. Uh, it, fine, you can get off the train. I, I might be leaving you on this one alone because that's cool. Last, I get to my destination. Last week I said I was down to eighty percent, and this week my percentages have fallen much more because Kobe has visited with the Sharks and the LA Kings at this point in time. Also, uh, be careful about saying stuff like leaving me on trains. All right. Oh, it should still roll for me. Christ, Greg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, family podcast. Um, the Athletic, you should definitely bring us on as your yeah, podcast. Yeah, well, you don't want us? I don't understand. That's a joke your viewers will get. Yeah. I, they'll, they'll like that one. Well, that one that won't tickle someone. They're all Mets fans, so. Anyway, uh, Jesus Christ, we're terrible. Uh, what, what are you – never mind. I, I can't take the shake anymore. Uh, Kobe did, vote, uh, did go to the LA Kings and, and visit the San Jose Sharks. And two did, teams did, he, did, he go, did he go to the LA Kings or was he just in LA? I have to believe the reports. Uh, I, I believe the report that said he's a ranger. So that's where I am. I'm going to go. I, I'm, I'm starting to lean very heavily that he's not on this team anymore. Cool. I, it won't be the first time you're wrong. Yeah, it won't be the last either. Oh, negative. All right. Last question from uh, this side of it. We have tons of more questions. What am I talking about? Philip K. Dick asked in, in my inbox last week, question for the show. With the trades that are inevitable, are we looking at 2019 picks in return as well? Supposed to be another loaded draft, and we could pull another lottery ticket like the New York Islanders did from Calgary this year. It might be worth waiting a year to assert, uh, uh, to get an asset to mature. For the asset to mature, sorry. It's always easier to trade for draft picks in the future. In the future, because teams, teams think to themselves, yeah, I don't all. have to worry about this right now. Um, I think at some point they will. I, I think it's totally plausible that in one of the Rangers draft day deals, one of the picks they get back is like a conditional 2019 pick in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I don't think it's number, the number one priority. I think the number one priority is to get the best asset that you can. And it's I, such a boring it's, answer, it's, but like the answer is... The Rangers, I, how about this? The Rangers will, this summer, acquire a 2019 draft pick. It will happen. I can see that. Yeah, I, I think... Here's what Jeff Gordon's going to do, everyone. He's going to get the best value. What he yep. thinks is the best value. He knows that his team is not competing. They put the letter out yep. for a reason. It's not like and, they know. And earlier in this podcast, Ryan Spooner, the guy we really want to trade at next year's deadline, he's definitely getting a 2019 pick in return. 100%. All right. Let's uh, let's keep rolling here. Next one is Make It Nash 61, another longtime listener. If the Rangers hypothetically package their top draft picks for a young superstar they could build around, who would that player be in your mind? Well, let's talk about people that we cannot get. So that's Matthews. Uh, pretty much everyone else we've mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I was really looking forward to you trying to mention names. I, I, um, I don't know why I had a brain fart there. So the, McDavid, the Matthews. They, McDavid, Matthews, the Crosbys, the Ovechkins, the Bergerons, the uh, Shifleys, Line the, the, the Lineys, the obvious guys. You, you don't need us to list all of them. You know who they are. Um, Oscar Clefbaum is still the guy I have talked the most about. We're not getting it. We're not going to trade number uh, nine for that, though. I well, mostly because I don't think it'll take that. Um, it's it seems like the Oilers are shopping him, especially if you want to take Milan Lucic with him. And it's an interesting perspective, uh, especially if the Oilers are eating half that contract. Clefbaum, he's not a traditional star, 
He's not like when you think of star defenseman, he doesn't jump out like Eric Carlson does, mm-hmm. but he's definitely a guy you can build a defensive core around. And I think that's important. I'm not, I'm not sure young stars like become available anymore. <laughs> uh, well, it's hard to get them. Like we've talked about what it would take to get Dougie Hamilton and it's unrealistic. He's another young star you can throw into that conversation. I've seen Tony Krug's name thrown around a bit. Again, I wouldn't really call him a star. I wouldn't say that about uh, Hamilton either, though. You know who's an interesting piece that might be available and you never know? Phil Kessel. Hmm. I don't know if you you don't build around him because he's a little bit too old for it. Definitely, but he but makes if, you if the Rangers you get Kobe and Phil Kessel. That's a fun team. That's fun. Yeah, he's he's the guy. I think if you go in for Kessel, you have to go in for other serious but players. That, but that also like the whole mantra and the letter and everything we've done and all the moves we made, that goes away from what we're doing. So there's no way we do it. Right. It, it's a very, and it's also why would the Penguins trade Kessel within the division? Yeah, they wouldn't. That's the other thing you have to keep in mind. They would it, not. It, it doesn't seem logical. Uh, Clef Bomb really is the most realistic. I, again, not a traditional star, but organizational changing talent. I think Clef Bomb is your most realistic option. Not sure he's even that, but we'll see. Um, Drew Way, you're stuck on a desert island with a mermaid. Would you rather have the mermaid be the top half or the bottom half? Top half. Not thinking twice about yeah, this. Yeah, me too. I'm not thinking twice about it. Top boobs, half. Bo- boobs are great. Blowjobs are fun. Yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to look at the fish in the face all day. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no way I'm no. doing that. All right. Uh, uh, MSA1124 says, why do you continue to insist that a hot dog is a sandwich? Because it's it, a fucking sandwich. When it has been decreed by the highest order that is most certainly not. Did you click the link? I did now. What's the link? Because I, I didn't click it. Because I got to, why do you still think a hot dog is a sandwich? Because it's a fucking sandwich. I don't know what else to say. Like, Bur- it's a fucking sandwich. It's a, this is a, a Ilya Burgatov. Burgatov. I can't say his name. Fuck. Burgatov? Burgatov. What did you say it was at first? Burgatov? Burgatov. Burgatov. <laughs> Bizgala. You said it was Burgachov. No, I did not. I did. Yeah, sure I did, totally buddy. did. Anyway, yeah. but uh, actually, when he says the highest order, and I, I'm going to eat an L real quick. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court was like, it's it's a sandwich. It's a fucking sandwich, Ryan. So, Ginsburg was like, it's a sandwich. And yeah, I, it's you, you don't you you try and argue with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, you see I, how it goes I, for I, him. I need her to stay alive. I really do. Yep. No, we're not it's talking politics. Not politics. Um. Mm-hmm. Next question. We have here is it's uh, Tillerman 19, mm. first Ranger memory. Doesn't have to be good or bad. Sometimes just hearing the names of some random players from the early 80s brings back some memories of watching uh, the Rangers with my dad as a kid. First of all, sick brag about your dad. Sick uh, second thing, you think we watched the Rangers in the 80s. We were one years old. Uh, but my earliest memory of the Rangers in general was uh, sometime in the Devils series. I was four or five years old and I was watching in my dad's apartment. Yeah, I remember the 94 team. I remember it well enough to know that at some point my dad gave me like a mini hockey stick and I would move around my family room in my house, hitting a balloon, pretending to pass from Messier to Graves. So I don't, I don't remember the game I watched where that was a thing, but I remember mimicking the 94 team with a mini hockey stick. Same. I remember like the Brian Leach poster above my bed that was like, and you know, everyone around me being like, that guy's amazing. You have no idea. Yeah. And then be being like, oh, wow, amazing. Yep. So that, that, that 94 team makes it really easy when you're five years old and your New York team is very good. Michael Scarn17 says, do you think the Rangers will try to bring back Grabner? Obviously, he fits well in the AV system. How do you think his game would transfer to Quinn's? 
Uh, I'm going to pull a carp here. I'm not sure how he translates the Quins. I don't know much about Quinn's play style. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of his old college team's uh, games, unfortunately. I'll be watching a lot of Quinn this year. You can believe that. But I don't think Grabner comes back. I think he wants too much money. He's 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 going to be on a... Uh, he's, not, he's not on our plans. Grabner was great for what he was as a Ranger. He gave us value. He gave us what we needed. And they didn't. he was a DMP in the playoffs. What, what more can you ask for? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think he comes back um, for many of the reasons you stated. I know the Rangers want a veteran presence in this locker room, considering it's going to be a young team. But that's why they signed Kobe. So I don't really see the need for Grabner. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know what that is. Deep Space Homer says, if Talbot were given a chance in 2014, do you think the Rangers could, ha- could have won a cup? The Rangers are going to be played better when Lundqvist is not in net. That said, honest opinion. Yeah, I know where you're going with this, Greg. I'll beat you to it. Probably not. Probably not. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, he or she is a very nice, nice person. Don't and do I'm it. I'm happy they Don't took the time to respond Don't to our Reddit thread, Don't do it. Next asking question. for Rangers credits. Next question. Questions, but uh, that question was fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, I think it deserves to be said. Hey, hey, hey! Look. No, I, we spent I'll defend 15 the person. minutes at the beginning of this podcast fluffing Rick Carpinello, saying it's a lot more fun to flame people. Flamed. Listen, Deep Space Homer. I understand where your questions come from. For me, you've heard me talk. There's no such thing as stupid questions. I can't pronounce anything at all. <laughs> you're you're going to struggle again today. I'm very excited. I, I'm not ready. And it's it's not a stupid question. I, I think a lot of people, it's, especially it's, no, it's, especially no, casual no, hockey fans. Wait, hold on. I'm going to defend them. Uh-huh. Especially casual hockey fans, including some of our friends who were getting into hockey, were, were questioning, Alex Hurt, um, if Talbot would have been the starter, if we would have done better. And I, I understand that, why you think that. Talbot was having a special year. It was, and, still, it was 2015, but... And I will say, in all fairness, Alex Hurd asked us a very similar question at Talbot's peak with the Rangers. This is a man that not only would be invited to my wedding, but have a very fun, prominent role in said wedding. Mm-hmm. Love this kid to death. I also called him fucking dumb for <laughs> saying that shit. Well, so, deep, deep Space, just know that I respect you for having the way to ask that question. And Deep Space, I'm saying you could be a fun person in my life and be a big role in my wedding. I'm still going to call you fucking dumb for asking that question. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Chris DeSel... Oh, my God. I'm the worst. Nah. DeSelmans? De I'm not De even going to try it. I'm not looking at it. I'm Chris- just... I'm excited for someone to say you're an idiot. Chris DeSelmans? Yeah, speaking of idiots. Do you, think oh, yeah. John, do you think John Gilmore will be on the team come fall? We've, uh, or do you think he'll be get packaged for a trade for that? I think he sticks around, like we said earlier. Yeah, the value in trade for John Gilmore doesn't make a ton of sense. He's the He's the guy, again... Camper's going to be on this roster next year, probably. Uh, let's keep Gilmore so to prevent Camper from playing, please. 100%. Philip K. Dick again asks a question. Mm. Uh, mm. In what scenario might we trade up for a 2019 pick, especially if unprotected first rounder? Well, we kind of talked about that too. Yep. They're, they're every if, if that's the best asset we can get in a trade, that's the, that's the asset we're going to get. Space Ranger 33 asks, now that we have a new head coach and the season has been done for a while, what do you think Quinn's next peak for captain will be? And who will be the alternate captains? Personally, I think Zook will be captain because of the trade talk. Uh, but because of the trade talk, who in this group, if anyone, was Zook stays? Uh, so if Zook stays, he'll be the captain. If Zook leaves, who will be the captain? Uh, Kreider will be the captain. I'm yeah, I think it's Kreider. It's definitely Kreider. I, I, I think it's Kreider. Yeah. The, I, I'm not to steal a joke from another Provident podcast, but he's got the hawk to do it. And uh, I, think he's tra- he, I think he thinks his team is his. And he's played like that at the second half of the year. Yep. I, I think I think it's it's very clearly Kreider. I, I'm still of the opinion Zuccarello will not be a Ranger on opening night. I 100% so. agree, and uh, tears will be shed. It'll be a sad podcast. McSaucy2 asks, Lindy Ruff is still employed by the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Do you see him being an assistant coach under Quinn? Uh, well, Elliot Freeman came out yesterday and said, yesterday as in Sunday, in his 31 thoughts, saying it appears that Ruff will maintain a role with the Rangers organization. 
What we don't know is, is Lindy Ruff going to be on the bench with Quinn? If he's on the bench with Quinn, I have concerns. If Lindy Ruff is the eye in the sky, kind of as like Don, the Don Zimmer to David Quinn's Joe Torrey, where he's just a guiding voice and just someone to bounce ideas off of, not necessarily someone that influences a game plan decision. I think Ruff is fine in that regard. I wouldn't, it's, it's not the greatest. It's also not the worst. I would be concerned if Lindy Ruff is physically on the bench and in a similar role that he was in last year. That is where my fear would come from. Preach, Gregory. I feel the same way. Like, I just don't want Lindy Ruff coaching the defense. Just don't let it happen. I want, right. new, I want new things. I watched right. last year. Right. Uh, 90 mile per hour or a nine, thank you, MPH, says, with Quinn brought in and groom and grow, uh, to groom and grow the youngsters, how likely is it that Kovalchuk becomes a ranger? Again, you need veterans in this locker room, especially talented veterans who can uh, take someone like Pavel Buchnevich under their wing and help blossom their game. That's important on rebuilding teams. Every rebuilding team has a strong veteran voice in the locker room that is there to help guide them. I and think that, I think it would be important that he becomes a uh, becomes a ranger. I'm as I said, less likely I think it happens. There and will be, but there will be someone like Kovalchuk on the next Ranger team. It's just a question of who. Who it is. Um, I, I, I still think it's Kovalchuk because, again, this is a guy, regardless of what happened with management in New Jersey, was always called, called and referred to as a great teammate. Right. And uh, 90 has three more questions. So here we go. Speaking of youngsters, how ready are you for Hedl and Anderson to be an impact players this season? If not now, what about next year? I'm ready to now. Yeah. Have you seen my boner? Uh, yeah, it's huge. Yep. Uh, it's a nice, it's a nice flute. All right. So speak, speaking of youngsters, like I, I just, I'm so excited to watch these kids play and it's, it, there's nothing more fun to me than watching the future or the potential of what a player can yeah. do. And again, the again, only thing more Ranger fun is team. deep playoff runs. That's it. Yeah. And this is a Ranger team that, as we said earlier, maybe they're not trying desperately to make the playoffs. So these kids are going to be given a leash, a long leash, and they're going to be able to do whatever they want to do. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to make great plays. They're going to grow. They're going to get better. That's fun to watch. It's fun to watch developing teams right before your eyes. 100%. All three were banged up last season. Are there any lingering injury concerns for Kreider's of Vinajad and Buchnevich, the KZB line? Uh, for me personally, I, uh, I don't think there's any lingering concerns currently, but there are some injuries that happen that concern me. Uh, Zabinajad has had major surgeries. Uh, I think. Oh, I was thinking concussions for Zabinajad. Uh, that's another one. Concussions is, is one. You know, Buchnevich is back. It concerns me for sure. I, I am worried about it because back injuries are really hard to deal with. There's yep. a, there's a very few players in all sports that can deal with them. LeBron James want, being one, and that's don't want to talk don't want to talk about back injuries and baseball players. I don't want to do it. Oh yeah, don't get Greg started. And Chris Kreider uh, has always been notoriously kind of banged up his whole career. As as a Met fan who is someone that is always concerned about injuries at any given moment because that is what the Mets are, I am much less concerned about Rangers and injuries. Much less concerned. Yeah, I am too. Injuries injuries yeah. happen. They suck, uh, but it is it is not a fear of mine heading into next year. It is not. Uh, death to Rob. Oh, there's one more. Do you foresee the Rangers bringing back any cheap guys on deals that dealt away last year, particularly Nash or Grabner? Nash will sign with Boston, and we're not getting Grabner back. Correct. I uh, I will say if, if the Rangers didn't want to sign Kovalchuk, Nash would be a guy you can bring in on a two-year deal. But again, I, th- I think he's staying in Boston. Agree. And I'm worried about the concussions. Death to Rob asks, one of my favorite questions, says, Ryan, Greg, say one day you're walking down the street and Henrik Lundqvist approaches you. First off, my heart. He says, the hockey gods have just informed me that they will grant me a wish to of never allowing another goal the rest of my career, but in exchange, 
I have to take the butthole of, uh, uh, I have to take the virginity, the butt virginity of two young straight men, you two. I ask you this, would you both offer yourselves up as tribute and let Hank enter you from the rear? Hank could enter me from the front and the rear. I am ready to go. I'm also not convinced you're a butthole virgin. Yeah, I mean, hey. Not saying <laughs> this is a take. First of all, it's 2018. If you want to sleep with a guy, by all means, I'm here for you, buddy. It's 2018. I'm just saying uh, I, I know you well enough to know that if a girl wanted to do a thing well, that involved a butt and it was your butt, well, up, I don't think you have the willpower in the moment to say I'm no. I'm going to ask you a really hard question. Uh, hey, 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 I've had a colonoscopy. Does that count? No, that doesn't count. Okay, well, I, you know, it's, it was, also, it was, it was get, pretty tough. Get, get a colonoscopy. Colon cancer is a real thing. You want to get that shit checked. Yeah, for sure. Guys, it's it's nothing to be ashamed of, for real. Yeah, it's, and speaking of nothing to be ashamed of, if Henrik wants to put in my butt, even if it doesn't involve a Stanley Cup, I'm yeah, thinking about it. I think, yeah, if, if it's like, if Henrik Lundqvist is like, hey, I want to do you, I'm, I'm probably like, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say? No. I, I would probably say take me out to dinner first, but then he would take me out to a really expensive, delicious dinner. And then he'd play and guitar like, and sign a custom helmet. Yeah. And like and get, and then we'd, we would get fitted for suits together. He'd tell oh, me man. stories. Yeah, whatever you got to do, man. Yeah. Henrik, Henrik's a good looking guy. Yeah, I'm not, no I'm, shame. Not, I'm not afraid to say that. Um, no, and no, no other guys are not afraid to say that either. They're calling us in their head. They're like, they're out, out, out loud. They're listening to this for their friends. They're like, oh, are these guys like, you know, a little weird, right? And then in their head, Henrik, they're, Henrik they're like, is I'll the definitely guy. do. Henrik's the kind of guy where if the stakes – you have to think of how low the stakes, stakes would be for you to say uh, no. Yeah. It's like what's your price? And the stakes are probably like if Henrik wanted to do me in the butt and I had to pay him $50, then I'm probably saying no. Yeah, that's but if, you. If Hank, if Hank, <laughs> yeah, if Hank said, if Hank said I'm, I want to do you in the butt but you have to pay me $25, bucks, i am probably like – Spent $25 on worse things. Yeah, way worse. All right. Uh, enough for that question. But Her yeah. name was Haley, first of all. The colonoscopy didn't count. That's good news. Uh, so uh, this is this, this podcast is too much. Uh, Roddy My 13 another longtime listener, asks, are either Spooner or Nemestikov still here in front of the year? If you had to choose one to keep one and move one, who would you go with? I've kind of answered this already and keeping Spooner. Spooner. Yep. And why Rag... Uh, rags to Riches. Sorry, I, I, I was read stories there. That was weird. Rag, never mind, Rag to Riches. says, is water wet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Keener, Keener asks, hey. Well, speaking of longtime listeners. Speaking of uh, original supporters. Two questions, semi-related. Oh, so feel free to, to pick one or the other. And by the way, this is really short for Keener. Is there something you've personally experienced or witnessed that the other host simply does not believe happened? Like you think they're full of shit. This is a great question. Holy crap. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I believe Greg. Like a lot of the time, I don't think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. The things. The things that I say that sound the most ridiculous are too complicated to make up. Yeah, and I think Greg, when he first met me, was probably like, "This guy's full of shit." But now, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but now that because there's a lot of stories I can't tell on the podcast and never will tell on this podcast. I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, you, I, you, a lot of my best friends were like, "Dude, this guy is full of shit." Like Ryan, Ryan lies all the time. But then they like became my best friends, and they were like, "Oh no, he wasn't lying." Yeah, I talked I talked with your mom. I believe a lot of the stories you've told me now. Yeah, see? All right. Uh, and second question is, what is the most ridiculous thing you guys ever experienced that makes you go, what the actual fuck? Like, it's reaching borderline of the of the, of the the question. Can it be sports or not sports related? Um, I think we should think on this one, Greg. 
Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to right now, which makes for great podcasting. Yeah, I don't want to, because there's a lot of ways we can go with this. Let's yeah, let's brainstorm throughout the week, and we can answer this one next weekend for Keaton, uh, week for Keener. Sure, I think that's a good. It's a good. Uh, you come back next week and see what it's about. Noah, Noah, sixty-one, ninety-one. If you take the ones away, it's Noah sixty-nine. Potential trades at the draft. There's listen, man. There's unlimited, and, unlimited and abilities. Endless. And, I, but I will say again, I don't think trading up is one like. Trading up further in the top 10 will not be one of them. Trading up to get into the teens, I see it. I see that vision. 100%. Uh, Funny Jello says, what do you think of conspiracy theories in the NHL? Uh, the, oh, what do you think of the conspiracy theories that the NHL is fixed in order to boost ratings for the areas where hockey isn't high-ranking sports for spectators? If not, any other sport conspiracies, thoughts. And it also, NHL officiating has been told to sway games after a year of weird officiating. I think I think officiating just gets scrutinized a little too much in the playoffs for all sports. It's so easy to blame refs for bad calls because the game just means so much more. But I don't think calls in the playoffs are any more atrocious than a call in the 47th game of the regular season. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes officiating does get scrutinized, but then there's other times where you're like, oh, man, this is terrible. Uh, as for do I, I think I, the I shit is some, rigged? I don't think I, so. I, I don't because I don't think anyone wants to see Pittsburgh win that many times. No, yeah, not at all. But I think he's more talking about the draft and like certain players going certain places. If the draft was rigged, Buffalo and Carolina would not have the first two picks. That's true. I 100% agree with you. The draft was the, ra- the, the, Ranger- the Rangers would have. The Rangers were in the lottery and we're picking after Buffalo, Carolina, Arizona, Ottawa. We have, we're picking after a lot of teams that NHL would not give up. But a if you want to talk about, about other sports conspiracy theories, I'm here for you. Yeah, um, well, the, Knicks, the Knicks were given the first overall pick to get Patrick Ewing. Oh, yeah. That's, and, that's and, a stone cold fact. Okay, let's do, we're, we're going to go through like five NBA ones. You ready? So the Knicks, the Knicks get Patrick Ewing, stone cold fact. The yep. Cavs get LeBron James, stone cold fact. The Cavs get Kyrie Irving, stone cold fact, because stone LeBron cold, left. Stone cold fact. The uh, Michael Jordan... Uh, leaves and retires for other reasons other than uh, he didn't he didn't retire he was suspended for two years because of a gambling issue. This is that is correct. That is a stone cold fact. That is a stone cold fact. Uh, and I there's there's plenty more for the NBA I'm sure. Oh the refs that's not even like a conspiracy theory anymore. The the Lakers Kings the Lakers Kings series uh, conference finals stone cold fact that shit was rigged. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm trying to think of some baseball ones. I can't think of any too crazy ones. Um, I think the league knew Maguire and Sosa were juicing, but they needed ratings back, so they were thrilled both of them were crushing bombs. I think so, too. I don't think that's even that crazy of a conspiracy. No. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's a straight-up lie if an owner tells you, we didn't know this was going on. Not only did you know it was going on, you marketed it because you needed fans to come back after the 94 strike. Yeah, absolutely. Next question. Old man Herbert 22 says, realistic McDavid, Matthews, Eichel trades go. From the Rangers? There is none. None. There is I don't none think – that there isn't a realistic trade for McDavid, period. Uh, I think you can get Matthews trades for team, other teams that have stars. Um, for example, if you were Tampa Bay and you wanted to put Kuznetsov and Hedman in a deal for Matthews, you could get him. I think, I think you can get them. I don't know why you would want to do that, but I, I don't think the Leafs would say no. Um, and Eichel, 
I go. I I think we're a year ahead of the should the Sabres trade Eichel actual rumors being a thing. If they get Darlene and this still doesn't work, I think you might start seeing the should we move on from Eichel and really blow this bitch up. Yeah, but I we're they're not, not there not, yet. We're not there yet. The first overall pick. So yeah, we're not we're not there yet. It's going to go on for at least another year, probably two. But if the Sabres are still hot, hot snatch garbage in two years. I think we can start having a discussion about them actually trading Eichel. 100%. Uh, I've been saying 100% a lot this podcast. I don't know. Sure have. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. 100%. I got to stop that. Uh, Grizzly Dangles 93 says, how is meeting Carp is he as punchable in real life as I imagined him to be? Uh, I, I feel sarcasm in that, but he was delightful. Yeah, he was. Uh, also, can you cook bread? Like, I know you bake bread, but when I like when you make a grilled cheese or French toast and you're not like cooking bread. Uh, what? Hold on. Like, I know you bake bread, but when you make a grilled cheese or French toast, are you not cooking the bread again? Oh, I see what he's saying. Does that make cooked bread raw dough in the case of French toast or croquet monsieur? Okay. Uh, I, you can cook bread. It becomes toast or French toast. Or grilled cheese. Or grilled cheese. You could definitely cook bread. You could 100% cook bread. I was confused because I work in the bread industry. I was like, yeah, dude, you could definitely cook bread. And I, I thought he was asking me if I could, like, make bread from scratch. And I can, but it's shitty. No. I I think he's saying once it's baked from dough into an actual loaf like of bread, bread, can you cook if it recooking it, does that make the loaf of bread technically raw dough? Yeah, and does that make the cooked bread raw dough in the case of French toast or croquet? Uh, I'm going to say no because you could, in theory – just, I don't know why you would, but you could just not cook your French toast and eat it. Like, you, you could just have bread and cheese. Like, you're enhancing the sandwich. You're not changing the sandwich. See yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're making it better. Yeah. Uh, so, in theory, raw a, a loaf of bread with cheese on it, it's, it's a bread and cheese. It's the saddest sandwich you've ever eaten in your life. But... It's not... They're sad sandwiches. It's called mayonnaise and bread. White bread. Um, the horror cord, which I'm pretty sure is Dean, who I went to his wedding yesterday. Happy uh, wedding and, and uh, celebration to Dean and his wife, April. It was a great time. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a shout out at the start of the podcast, too. The horror cord. He asks, mailbag questions for you guys. As a long-time listener, I just want to know your thoughts on the mattress firmness. I am a firm mattress guy. I'm, I'm big on like the, the, the pretty hard mattress. Um, I need, I, I don't want, I don't want to sink in my bed. Like I need, I need some give. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know what my, my, I don't know what my, my number is. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're like a Bud Light guy. You just give me a bed. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, I'll sleep on anything and I've slept on anything. Yeah. I also sleep on anything. I, I don't but really care, but if, like, I, my preferable yeah, the thing per- is the perfect is bed, it's, you know, it's, not too firm. It's not too soft. It's just right. It's just Goldilocks. It's just right for it's Goldilocks. I have uh, like a bunch of other questions from one other person. It's Dan LaRose. Uh, who's you, want, you want these to be the last ones we do? Yeah, I think this is the last. I think this is actually the last ones. I think I might have missed one or two. And if I did, I'm sorry. I will catch them next week. Um, and yell at me. You can tag me or something. Uh, mailbag questions. Rangers, what are your realistic dream scenario for the first two rounds? I know in the first round, I want Adam Boquist or Wallstrom. Absolutely. Yes. And then after that... I've heard a lot about this guy, Bach, enough where I want him. Um, Drew is like very Ty Smith heavy. 
Very Ty Smith heavy. I don't think he gets into the 20s, though. But if there's some scenario where the Rangers get Wallstrom and Ty Smith, I'm here for it. I'm here for you. That's fun. I, I like Niels Lundqvist as well because I think it would be fun to have a different – we have Lundqvist, Henrik. We have Lindquist, and then we'd have a Lundquist who spells it with a K and a V. And uh, I'm here for you to have fun with that. What do you know about Ryan Merkley? I know he's a troublemaker, but I know that the talent is there. That's because Drew, uh, Drew, Dan asks, would you like to take a chance at Ryan Merkley at some point? Yeah, sure. If, if Why so. not? We took a chance on Tony D'Angelo. I'd take a chance on anybody. Yeah, I think we would do that. Uh, food. What's your favorite cut of steak and how do you like it prepared? Temperature, any seasonings, method of cooking? Mm, this is uh, good. I like I a mean, good, I love, I love a good filet mignon. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's what I ordered when we went to Moishe's in Montreal. It's the best steak I've ever had. Yep. Filet mignon, uh, raw to, to uh, medium rare. Oh, big medium rare guy. But I again, I would err on the side of more red. Give me the blood, babe. Yeah. Uh, and method of cooking, any way you want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just I'm, a, I'm, a big, sure I'm a big mashed potatoes and uh, steak sauce with my uh, filet mignon as well. This is a trap question, this next one. Best chain and non-chain wings? in the New York City, LA area. Hmm. So it's not Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm not a, and I'm not a wings guy, so this there's, is all you. There's a wings over. Um, they they, they kind of cover the... They, every, whatever town they're in, it's like... So in Farmingdale and Long Island, there's wings over Farmingdale. They have mm-hmm. great wings. That's like a, a go-to for me if I'm doing wings. Otherwise, like, non-chain, like, you probably get wings like... I, my, my pizza place serves good wings. Like, I, I can get wings. Uh, I know there's a place... By my buddy Ted called Rathbones that does 50 cent wing night and it's a big hit. So I'm sure those are good. Uh, another Bush's regular question. Are we doing the lounge again this upcoming year? Yes, I'll do the legwork. Thoughts on an away outing? So, uh, yeah, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100% be there, especially because you're doing all the work. Thanks, Dan. And, uh, and I have weekends off now. I know. And, uh, and then on an away outing, uh, we can probably work. Depends, depends on the venue. Yeah, I'm not like, going to Philly. Nope. Not, not going to happen. You don't want me in Philly. No, like I we, don't want to be in Philly. We could probably figure out a devil's away out if we wanted. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably a way we can make that. Uh, if we wanted to go like destination wedding, I mean, you don't have to twist my arm to do a ranger game in Nashville. Yeah, me like either. Nashville seems the, the logical way to do uh, this. Dallas seems like a good time. I haven't heard of anyone that's had a bad time in Dallas. So, Greg, before we finish up this mailbag, uh, yeah. we're, we're an hour and 25 minutes. Do you want to see a pronunciation for next week or end the podcast? Oh, no, we're doing it. Okay. We're ending on pronunciation. Okay, here we go. Look, pronunciation time for Ryan Mead, a host of Bushers Breakaway, where I mess up a bunch of inappropriate names. We have one, two, three, four, five, um, with a bonus for a six that we're going to get to. Oh, God. For the number one, they're, 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 we got to get music for this segment. Uh, next week, I'll do it. You want, you want like something happy, right? Mark Borowicki. Borowiecki. Yeah. All right. So Polish names, man. Uh, do you want me to spend this time this week to be like, hey, sh- I should l- read how European read names read and actually no, learn it, or just like, like go ignorant, just do this? An ignorant dummy, dummy. Okay, that's what Mark I. Mark Borowiecki. That's number one. The W is a V. This is one you should probably know, so I'm excited that you're not going to know it. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm a dum-dum. Yep, 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 yep. Anthony. Yep, got it. View. Oh, off to a rough start. Yeah. 
Buviller. Villier. Anthony Buvillier. Bouvier. Bouvier. French, man. Got to remember, French. I-E-R, the ends in A. Or yay. Fucks me up. And you are fucked on this one, too. By the way, I'm on day 11 of Duolingo Espanol, in case you're wondering. All right. Hey, you're not helping you with these names at all. They are not. Muy bien. Oh, you're fucked with this one. Yeah. (laughs) That's two A's. Next to an R and an I and a J. Uh, Let's do that. Not not gonna be able to pronounce that. (laughs) That's gonna be a no from me, fam. Uh, That's Billy. Yep. Billy uh, Saharvi. (laughs) (laughs) Sir. Sorry. (laughs) Just say it. First of all, it's spelled S A A R I J A R V I, and it's Saayarvi. Saayarvi. Sa-a-yarvi. 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 Yeah, I was going to really nail that one. Yep, you got another one you're not going to get because there's two vowels the right athletic. next to each other. Remember how earlier we were talking about how you want competent people? This is Joni Tulala. Tulala. Ooh, you, you came close. Tu-o-o-la. Tu-o-o-la. Tu-o-o-la-la. <laughs> yep. Not, not ideal. Not ideal. No, two anyway, two more. moving forward. Two more. Warren Fogili. Oh, you overthought it. Oh, did I? Fogel. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, you overthought that one. I was thinking that that was a trap name because I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. And last one and not least, you're going to like this one. There's a twist to it. I'm not, though. Slava Voynier. Really? Is it We've talked about this guy before. I know, it's, it's, it's Voinov, who's coming back. No, from... it's human garbage. Yeah. <laughs> who's coming back from the KHL. Yeah, he's going to be a fucking king. Human fucking garbage. disgrace of the league. Yeah, unbelievable. Human garbage. Hey, everyone. Thanks to, so much for tuning in this week to Bullshit's Breakaway. A little bit longer episode. We just tend to do these these days. Um, mm. If you have any questions for us ever, you know where to find us. We always take five-star questions on our iTunes. We can Absolutely. Positively. Find us anywhere else on Bushers Break on Twitter or on uh, Instagram at Bushers Breakaway. I had a, I had an Instagram message today. I got to still respond to my bad on that guy. Uh, and you know, just got a, got a chance to meet a lot of great people over the last couple of weeks. Can't wait to meet more of you. And if you're at the draft party, make sure you say hello to me. I'll be the weird guy. I have no reason not to go to the draft party now. You should probably tell that to Dan, who's taking me. I don't know. I don't like. I'd get out of work at twelve thirty. Have to travel down to the city. It's the week after a wedding. S-Dan. I'm gonna think on. I'm gonna think on it. I'm gonna S-Dan. think on it. S-Dan. I'm gonna think on it. Right. I know Dan listens to this pod. He's probably gonna text me tomorrow. And be like, "Hey, asshole, you're coming." And I'll probably be like, "Well, now I don't have a reason not to go." Or he's like, "I invited two friends. Sorry." Yeah, that'd be great if he did invite two friends and he apologized. Wait, uh, why would he apologize? Then, he wouldn't. He's a nice fucking guy. Okay, we, we know a lot of nice people. You probably, right. I probably stubbed my toe. Don't even know I stubbed it yet. And Dan texts me. Sorry, okay. hate to hear. That. All right, we're out of here. Love you guys as always. Colonoscopy uh, didn't count. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.